You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Michael. Andre. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, young man. It is so good to hear your voice. Man, we did need to take that extra week off. I think you and I both said the same thing. Um, I know a lot of people think wine writing is glamorous and easy. We sit on our pedestals and we deem what is worthy and what isn't. But writing those three Toronto Life columns, that gassed me. Like that just emptied the tank. It was a lot, and we uh, we uh, socially distanced tasted those on on the patio in very cold weather, um, and uh, not very cold. I guess it hasn't been very cold. It's just you, when you're used to tasting in a in a room. Yeah. Uh, when you go outside at uh, you know plus three plus two. Um, yeah, it can it can be kind of taxing. Well, and you know what? I want to give a shout out to all the wineries that sent us product, all the agents that sent us product. I know it's money out of your your budgets, out of your promotion budgets to make sure that we're connected with with product. Uh, and I know it's been a challenge even before the pandemic with the changes the LCBO has made. So you know, thank you for supporting independent journalists. Uh, thank you for supporting journalists who try, try their best to be objective with their opinions. At least, and don't uh, charge you anything so. for it. And that's right, we don't charge you. We're definitely not charging you for your reviews. Uh, we don't overscore, but I mean, we're not going to get into that already. But I mean, thank you for helping us create uh, journalism that is separate from the LCBO Food and Drink Magazine. So, Andre, uh, over the holidays, uh, I know you drank some pretty spectacular wine. I did, um, and uh, I, I do have to tell you about because uh, we had talked about had you had any any local wine. And you did a lot of uh, international wines, and well, I did a lot of international wines. French but I was, wines. Uh, I'm still on the my... Burgundy Adventure, and uh, I've got a lot to learn. And frankly, none of my Niagara Pinot and Chard is quite ready to drink yet. Uh, I actually ended up pulling out something that s- surprised the bejesus out of me. And uh, I think I pulled it out on uh, uh, either, I think it was Christmas Eve. Um, 2027, Queenston Road Vineyard, Pinot Noir. 2009. And? What a spectacular bottle of wine that was. So kudos to Kevin Panagapka. That sucker is uh, is 11 years old when I drink it, and it was really, really good. And I am even more sold on Screw Cap than ever before. Um, I had a really, one of the craziest Chardonnays I've ever had. It was a 2015 Brisson Charles uh, Chassagne Montcochet en Ramilly. It's a Premier Cru that um, I, I was managed to get my hands on from Bruce Walner's cellar. And man, it was just one of those things where, you know, hopefully I'm looking into the future of Niagara in terms of like just like a nice minerality to it, restraint, but it was just one of those wines where uh, it started too cold, but as it warmed up, you know, it just felt like an endless, an endless plane of tasting notes. Should you have the means, I highly recommend it. Alrighty. So speaking of trends, yes, I think we wanted to talk about some of the trends we see coming or are already here and have been here since like last year. Or it's a new year, nature. so it's time to decide whether, whether whether people should be whether people should be following the trends or bucking the trends. So it's a thumbs up, thumbs down, but of trends, not of wines. Correct. 
And so you're going to read off what the trend is. We'll discuss it briefly, what that trend is. And then we are going to uh, thumb up or thumb down it. So I'm going to start with a trend that is is brand, brand new. Only a handful of people are doing it, but I expect we're going to see a few more people doing it. And that's Piquette. Uh, so what the hell is Piquette? So I'm on the Trail Estate website. I know Trail um, McKenzie is one of the first people to get a Piquette to market. Uh, you take the skins left over from your, your pressings, and you add some water to them, then you adjust the pH, you add some sugar, you're basically making a wine, it sounds like sort of like a wine spritzer cocktail with your skins, and you let it ferment, so it's a little bit lower alcohol, and it's made with um, like the ones the ones that trail, there's an orange with uh, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and Riesling, uh, and a rosé with Pinot Gris and Muscat Otnel. Um, so it's a wine-like beverage. Okay, I, you haven't sold me on this thing. I, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, uh, you know what? I want to taste it before deciding what to do. Um, so I, I'm not going to say that this trend should be should be dead, but I think it does seg nicely into the the next trend. I know. I don't it think do, it's tra- it does sound like somebody's making tea. It does. With, it with does. Grape skins, adding sugar, adding water. It's tea. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I guess I would have to taste it too. And if Mackenzie wants to send us a, a bottle uh, to taste, we'll happily do it. We'll even do it live. Well, I also know like Yvonne um, from Creekside. I believe she's got something on the work in the works as well. So we'll see. We'll see who I can knock out. I know there's. I know that there's some people working on on piquettes. I wouldn't be surprised if Rosewood's another one who gets into that. It's it's definitely if you if you're not familiar with it, like that's a okay. It's popped up at some of the the wine bar bottle shops in Toronto, and I don't think well, it's going to be. What's the purpose of this wine? Uh, I think it's like any other wine. It's to bring enjoyment to you. And I, I think from a winemaking standpoint, it's just another use of the skins rather than letting the skins go to waste. So from... Well, that's, from, called, that's called grappa. Well, and for, well, it's if you distill it, right? So this is undistilled. Um, I know from a production standpoint, like as someone who also makes like makes my own wine, if there's a way I can get a few more bucks out of my ton of grapes, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But like I said, I want to know what it tastes like. If it tastes good, who knows? Maybe we'll make an ADX piquette in 2021. Uh, 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 no. Okay. okay. Pet nats. <laughs> Pet nats are definitely like they're here to stay. Uh, you know, we talked about Trail Estate. Trail Estate's doing it. Southbrook's doing it. Rosewood's doing it. Um, you know, Pet nats are all the rage. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for. I'm kind of ready for them to go away. I'm sick of washing my ceiling every time I open up a bottle. Yes, I, I, I hate pet net. I really hate these. And I got into a an argument with a. With a wine snob about how great they are, and my my biggest problem, one of my biggest problems. Hey, care to shout out who the wine snob is? Uh, pardon? You want to shout out who the wine snob is, or are they going to stay anonymous? Uh, put it this way: it's, an, it's anonymous because I don't remember who it was. Oh, okay. Then, it was somebody uh, who attended the All Canadian Wine Championships. I remember that, uh, but I honestly, I have to be honest, I don't remember her name. But I know she was exactly who it was. that I called them Petnet, and she said that it's Petnat, and right then and there you go. Uh, you and I are not going to get along. Um, so whether it's Petnet or Petnat, uh, it's like Toronto and Toronto. You know what I mean? So, uh, kind of well, no, there. because it's Petion Naturel. It's Petnat. Like, Nat is short cool. and natural. So it should be Correct. Nat. I get that. But when you're just, you know, doing it quickly, 
Okay, it's fine, fine, fine. I'll give I'll give you the pass on that. You, you know what my big issue with pet that is? Is it's not it's not the quality or the integrity of the product, it's the price. You know, you have a lot of wineries no. who are now asking thirty, thirty plus dollars. A lot of the bottle shops in the city asking for thirty, thirty plus dollars for, you know, what what basically feels like unfinished wine. Um okay. okay. So, so my, my problem with it is, one, when I buy a 750 milliliter bottle, I want to drink a 750 mil bottle. As you said, I don't want to, you know, scrape off the stuff that falls out on my ceiling because you end up, you know, losing 150 mils at minimum when you crack these things open. Two, each bottle is different. I would like to, when I when I drink a bottle of wine and I go, man, I want to buy some more of that, I want the next bottle to taste similar, if not the same, as the last bottle, there is so much variation. So, yes, I have a problem with the quality of those wines as well. So, that being said, I'm willing to be proven wrong because I know the wine snob that you got into it with. Um, and she'd probably say that you and I haven't had good pet nats. Uh, so, that's fine. If oh, anyone so you thinks, do know this person. If anyone thinks, yes, I speak with her quite regularly. If uh, anyone thinks they're making a really good pet nat, we're more than happy to consider it. We'll taste it live on the podcast. Um, some of our best tasting notes have been on the podcast, like when we tasted the 2017 Gravity last year. I mean, we're willing to be proven wrong. But but for now, All right. no more pet nats. Make them better or make them better or make them cheaper. Uh, next up, Skin Contact Whites from Ontario. You're just You're just saying Ontario, period, the end. You're not... Well, yeah, I mean, I've had some decent skin contact whites, but unfortunately, none of them have been from Ontario. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 I say that through my teeth because I love the guys at, at Southbrook. But, I mean, it's, it's tough to drink like a full glass of the orange wine that they make at Southbrook. It's just, it's not my I don't, cup I don't get of tea. any enjoyment out of skin to contact whites. Over the holidays, I had somebody bring one over and they said... Um, this was given to me. Uh, would you like to try it? And I said, "Well, that you're not. That's not a ringing endorsement. It's not like you're telling me it's great or something." They just said, "They, I, I, I. Somebody gave it to me. Uh, I wanted to try it with somebody. So, will you try it with me?" And uh, ended up not liking it. And I continue not to like skin contact whites. Um, and you know, let's, so somebody let's, once told me if you if you if you end up tasting them blind, you'd end up liking them. No, no I don't think that's no. the case. Good wine is good wine. Bad wine is bad wine. And 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 most skin contact whites that I've had, and again, I'll put the Ontario moniker on it, are not good. So yes, I want this to die a horrible death. Okay, let's but let's put our finger right on it so the listeners don't think that we're just crapping on a style because of uh, of personal personal bias here. What is it specifically about skin contact whites you don't like? Because I know what it is I don't like about it. I I don't like the bit the the absolute bitterness of them. Ah, we we totally um, should have done the newlywed game on that because that is that is how I feel as well. I don't mind a slight bitter note at the end of a at the end of a wine, whether it's white or red. I mean, you can sometimes get even a little bit of a bitter note in in whites, whether it's Sauvignon Blanc or, or Chardonnay that have been in in barrel. But you need to have balance, and I just find the skin contact whites are generally off balance. Look, I have found out that the 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 Pinot Gris that I enjoy have had a little bit of skin contact to them to give them a little color. Yeah. But these guys who are, you know, soaking them for days on end, no. You're just adding bitterness to the whole thing. 
All right. Next up, we've got canned wines. Well, obviously, that's self-explanatory is what those are. We don't have yes. to explain to anybody. And uh, as much as I cringe at it, uh, I would have to say that I, I think this is a trend that's going to continue. Yes. Uh, and I still prefer a bottle, but I understand where canned wine comes in as long as the quality is good. That's it. Such as that Stelmar stuff that you uh, got a chance to try. I mean, the, the Patio 9 and what is it? Origin from Between the Lines. So Patio 9 from Rockway, Origin from um, Between the Lines are, are both... Solid sparkling wine offerings from Ontario that belong in a can. Joy from New a little Zealand. on the sweet side, so you've got to like that that sweetness factor. It's time um, and place. You, you treat you treat a wine in a can. I treat like the time and place for wine in a can basically the same place I would open up a beer. It's, you know, patio, hot weather. Um, you know, even even in the winter, like when we've been when we have had the opportunity to see people, we've been doing it socially distanced in the backyard, or sorry, in my case, on the patio. And uh, throwing a can of wine to the guest is, you know, the serving size is fine. It's quick. It's disposable. Um, you know, it's like you said, as long as the quality is good, and it's not just off dry, off dry garbage that's ending up in the cans. Well, that's that's why I'd like to see. I'd like to see more off. I would like to see more dry wine, quality dry wine in a can. I get that the sweeter wines are getting there. I understand that the you know they're the sparkling wines that have a little bit of sweetness are there. I get it. I think that the Stelmar Chardonnay that we had and that Zinfandel, Zinfandel, like those were two quality wines in a can, and that is my my bar at the moment. And I mean, the last thing to say is is from a producer standpoint, I, I hope that the packaging is here to stay and maybe improve something that maybe we could see what it's like to age some of these wines in a can because they're lighter. It's easier to ship. It's better for the environment. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why cans work. Um, if I have a cheaper vessel to put my wine in, I can pass those savings onto the consumer or, you know, just make sure that, um, my, my winemaking quality gets better to, uh, you know, to put something into a can. Yeah. I've lost a can of Stelmar somewhere, the red. Yeah, I've, I've, got a few, I've got a few that I've set aside because I've, I've spoken with the guys at Stelmar a, a few times. I let them know that I'm doing the experiment just to give them the heads up that in a couple of years I am going to be opening that Lodi Zinfandel. Uh, and it may or may you not should, be you good. You write the year on that can. I, I, can. Absolutely. Um, one that's up and coming is uh, Gamay Pinot Noir Blends from Niagara. And there's two, uh, two that okay. Up. So I like Gamay, uh, I like Pinot Noir, yeah. Uh, and I and I um I have liked some of the Gamay Pinot Noirs that I have tried out of Burgundy slash uh, Beaujolais. Yes. Uh, so I um I have liked these wines in the past as long as we get the balance right, as long as we get the flavors right. Uh, I think this is a this is a good trend. Have you had Notorious PTG from Rosewood? Uh, can't remember. Okay, because that is their uh, Pinot Gamay blend, and it's something that I've gone out of my way to get my hands on a, a few times. Just light, fruity. I find the uh, the the Pinot brings a little bit more elegance to the Gamay, and the Gamay brings this little bit of. Uh, Je ne sais quoi to the uh, to the Pinot, and they really work in tandem really well together. Uh, 
I have I have liked the ones from British Columbia that I've tried, or at least the one, uh, which is from La Joie. Uh, they make a PTG every year, and every year I, I seem to to enjoy that wine. And I think it's one of those wines you can put a little bit of chill on. Um, you know, the as you said, the Gamay brings the fruit, the Pinot brings a little bit more of the structure, and uh, I think I think it's a, a trend we could see, and I hope people who are making it at least do it well instead of just trying to get rid of some old Pinot and 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 bulk up their gamay. Well, then there's the people at 16 Mile. It's not labeled as a as a Pinot Gamay blend, but they're exonerated Pinot Noir, which is 90% Pinot, 10% Gamay. Uh, $20 and, yeah. uh, and, and really, really good. That was probably the best one I tried last year. And like 20 bucks uh, from a winery like 16 Mile where... I mean, it's already pretty well value, pretty value priced across the the board. But to see something at twenty bucks there that delivers that quality is just, uh, it's magic. So I, I hope and to I know see Mark other people. Jennifer was really excited by that wine, and uh, she should be. It was really good. I, I hope that we see more of that, and we, I hope that continues at. Um, oh, and the uh, the burger blend from Thirteenth Street that made it into our bargain wines for. Um, for Toronto Life, a very nice example. I was less excited about that one than you were. You were more excited about that one. It was, it was, you know, it, well, I mean, it was because it was a bargain. It's like fifteen bucks. It's generalist at the LCBO. It was a little bit more simple than the notorious PTG and the exonerated from Sixteen Mile, um, but yeah, still, still tasty. All right, so we both want to see more of this as long as it's uh, as long as it's done well. Yeah, I don't want people dumping, you know, crappy Pinot Noir into this wine. I don't want it to be a dumping ground. Uh, you know, you get you end up with, with a lot of dumping ground wines sometimes because uh, you don't want certain wines to go to waste. If you're going to make one, make a quality one. Okay, so next up, it seems like everybody and their mother has now got their own virtual winery set up. Uh, or you know, a winemaker or or whatever. I, I I get it. I I like I like the notion. Um, I like more people involved making Ontario wine. I like seeing more grapes being bought so that the uh, the the vineyard owners, uh, you know, can still make a buck. The the winemakers can get to uh, show their expression. Uh, the problem still is, uh, you know, um, obviously VQA. Uh, doing that tasting panel and all that, but uh, that's a, that's for another time. Uh, <laughs> I, I really think that uh, that our winemakers should be able to express their uh, wine uh, knowledge and their preferences for wine, and let let the good wines uh, rise to the top, and the bad wines will you know not be there anymore. And I I find it exciting just to see because generally when you're talking about people working with um with virtual labels uh you're dealing with people who are making wines on smaller batches um you know working with unique sites working with unique grapes uh you know i guess the mia culpa is that's my business as i've been running it right now and um you know i obviously when you see a bunch of new labels pop up you wonder about how that's going to impact sales but let's face it the market the market in ontario has room for a lot of growth and if uh, a lot of these new little labels are going to help bring people into or help people revisit Ontario, um, I, I don't see that as a bad thing. No, I, I, I like virtual labels. I, I know a lot of good virtual wine makers. Um, you know, just you can't afford the, the price of land these days. So why not try it? Totally. 
Um, next up, I think it's a trend that it's been around in Ontario for a bit. And I don't think it's really taken off. Um, and I hope I, it doesn't. I, I really hope this doesn't. Still, I think it's still going to be on its way up, but that's the the natural wine movement, the the 100% hands off, but like no sulfur, like absolutely, you know, hands off. I know a few years ago I bought some of the really low intervention wines from Taz and honestly I wasn't a huge fan of Fizzy Gamay. Uh, I wasn't. I, I I got them in small bottles, and 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 I just I was not a, I was not a big fan of these no sulfur wines. Uh, sulfur is naturally occurs in the grapes, obviously, but you also need it for preservation. And no sulfur wines will not age. Um, yeah, they won't travel either. That's another. That's another thing that I learned. They don't travel. If you're planning to, to export it anywhere where it has to take a boat or a plane, uh, it's it's just not going to make it. That being said, there's a lot of winemakers around the world that use very little to no sulfur that make products that are a little bit more stable. I know if you go to Archive in, in Toronto, once we can go to wine bars again, Josh um, Josh Correa, the proprietor of that fine establishment, uh, has a lot of wines that use uh, very little sulfur, no sulfur at all that are quite good. Uh, do you think maybe it's just something that we need a bit more experience with in, in Ontario? That's why, you know, what? I don't think I want the, the, the trend to die, but I want people to own up to if it doesn't turn out instead of trying to market it as some great winemaking decision. Well, that's, that's always been the problem, right? The, the, the pet gnat stuff, uh, the skin contact whites, everybody's like, oh, it's, it's great. You just don't understand the style. No, I understand the style. I hate it. I just don't understand the style. I, 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 I understand the style. I just hate it, and I don't wanna, uh, want it to continue. And don't right, try to sell, you know, uh, the the old sow's ear or a silk purse thing. You know what? You're, that, I think I think this one we're we're gonna split on it. Like I said, I I want to see it continue, but don't don't pee on my reg and don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining if if it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Well, they're gonna own, sell it anyway, and they're gonna tell you it's great. But that's it. I, I'd rather have someone own up to something that doesn't turn out. I know you need to sell it. I know you don't want to lose something, but like, don't try to sell it to me like it's this gold plated bottle. Like, own up to the mistake. Try again next year, and hopefully it'll be better. Yeah, um, I don't know. This is another one where I don't know how big of a trend it is in Ontario, um, but off dry reds. I know that that's well something. during during our large Toronto live tasting, we 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 ended up with a few of them. Um, Largely, just I, I that, think that whole that whole entry level category from California, which just it hurts my heart because I love Californian wines so far so much that if I were new to wine. And, and, you know, I was starting to get a little bit more serious about it. And I finally, you know, discovered, you know, really great Chilean Cabernet Sauvignon. And then I went up to California and spent 20 bucks on, you know, Apothic, something that I expect to be comparable to a decent Chilean red. You know, I'd be completely heartbroken. I, I, I don't think you could get me to buy a second bottle of it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not very happy with those. Um, and uh, I just... I, I don't want my my wines to be off dry. I want them to be dry. Although I know there is a market for them, I do know that. You know, um, and, and and look, if it gets people, if it gets people into wine and gets them into dry wine, then I'm okay with it. But um, you just hope they make that that move. 
Well, and speaking of of entry level California and trying to make wines taste like California, um, what about putting wine in bourbon, whiskey, or rum barrels? I know you love that. That's your favorite I, thing. I, I, I absolutely hate it. And and somebody this week sent me an email and they said, you know, Happy New Year, blah blah blah. You know what? I, I tasted a, a great wine over the holidays. It was a, a new Robert Mondavi in a rum barrel. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know what? You have no taste in wine whatsoever. It's another I do one not of those want things. my wine those... to taste like bourbon or rum or vodka. I want it to taste like wine. Why are we trying to mask that? Uh, well, there's, uh, I think, your first contribution to the swear jar for this year. Look um, at me. No, it's one of the, yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like, I understand when you're marketing wine, you're trying to market a product. But whether you're a large winery, whether you're a large winery or a small winery, whether you're making baller wine or entry-level wine, I think wine should still taste like where it comes from. And putting something in a weird, non-traditional barrel, especially something that's had a spirit in it, takes away from what the wine should taste like but i mean is this one thing michael where we're both saying that the customer is 100 percent wrong because i know you and i've both spoken to people uh at companies that make wines like this and it flies off the shelf look i i, I get it and again i think it goes back to what what we were talking before mostly these are or they come across as off dry reds okay and but so are, are we let, people, let's just people say, always say they Drink dry. Everybody goes. I drink dry wine, but they actually drink sweet, and that's that's where it comes from. The the bourbon, the rum, and gives it that sweet taste, and everybody's all over. My sister in law loves those bourbon barrel uh, wines, and I cannot understand why. So your sister's wrong then. You're saying you're saying flat out the consumer's wrong. I am saying that I don't want that in my wine, and if if you when you get to the point where you understand wine is about terroir is about its place it's about its origin then you you should move away from bourbon and rum barrels i have Jesus, not Michael, tasted you're a like bourbon a politician here it was a yes wine. or no question it was a yes or no question do you think the consumer is wrong yes okay for the record i agree with you i think the consumer is wrong as well i wasn't just trying to throw you under the bus there <laughs> no. I, ju- I just don't think it's it's something that we should be looking at or want to continue as a trend. Okay, so next up, um, I, I think at this point it's it's past the trend. It's definitely got a foothold in Niagara, but a Passamento wines from Niagara, and you know I have to say this with respect because I recently tasted through a bunch of wines from the Foreign Affair. They were gracious enough to send me a package, and I did. I enjoyed the wines a lot better than I remembered over the past few times. Um, but do you, do you want to start on a Passamento or should I go on my rant and you wrap up? Uh, let's hear what you have to say because I, I have my own personal opinions on a Passamento, but let's, let's hear what you have to say. I've never heard your, your take on a Passamento. You know, it's the thing that drives me nuts about a Passamento in, in Niagara is often the people who are making it are people who just don't like the cooler climate wines. You're trying to amp up the sweetness, alcohol, rightness to make Ontario wines taste like elsewhere. And, you know, previous to our conversation about bourbon and rum barrels, I think it's important that wine tastes like where it comes from. And a Passamento strips a lot of that terroir out of it. Um, 
And I mean, from the other side, I, I think when we're talking about winemaking and growing grapes in Ontario, we need to talk about sustainability and being stewards of the land, stewards of the environment. And making a Passamento wines in Ontario is uh, time-consuming. It takes a lot of energy to put the grapes often in vessels, in trailers, in kilns, using electricity to dry them. Um, you know, I just, I, I just, I don't see it as a very sustainable way of making wines in Ontario. And you know, we do pretty good, even in cool vintages with our Bordeaux varieties. Uh, although we could get rid of Cab Sauve. Um, like, just why, why? Drink Amarone if you want to drink Amarone, but stop drying the grapes in Ontario. So I'm a, I'm of two minds of this. I do like Amarone. I like Ripasso wines. Uh, I like Veneto wines. I like Valpolicella as well. I like the whole line of wines that they make in that part of the world. Um, but it's in that part of the world uh, for a reason. And I think it's mainly because of the grape varieties that they end up using. Um, when we make a Passamento wine, we're using Cab Franc, Cab Sauve. We're using international grape varieties. The Italians are using their native grape varieties. And I have just noticed that as, as our Passamento wines age, and it doesn't have to be very old, get into the five-year mark, and we start to get like a ton of VA in there. Something I do not get from old Ripasso or old Amarone from Italy. I think for the price that we charge for a Passamento wine here in Ontario, you would want them to age longer. That being said, uh, in the package that I got from the Foreign Affair, there was a 2016 Cabernet Sauvignon. That's four years later. And that's usually around the time that that VA would normally rear its head and it was stunning. No, that one is stunning. But if you look at the aging of that wine, I believe it's almost two years in oak. So, but I mean, I'm just saying that there, it could be that some of the 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 VA, some of the the chemistry with the wines could be turning a corner. Um, you know, even like you and I enjoyed our our, our tasting at Big Head. As ugh, I know, I'm sort of talking out of both sides out of my mouth because there are exceptions to there are exceptions to every rule, right? But I think there are exceptions. But I think but Big, I Head's, Big Head is is doing its best work with the raw series, where they're doing less with the grapes than doing more. So I have a lot of wine in the cellar, as you know, and I have a bunch of Apostamento wines that I liked when I tried them, and now I'm just aging them. I'm I'm noticing that the VA starts to come out. So I guess we'll just have to see if this trend continues. That it's the international grape varieties uh, that we're using. Uh, the the interesting one will be to find out Pilateri actually made one with Corvina, Roninella, and Molinara grown here in Ontario soils. The interesting thing will be if VA gets into those grapes, then it's something here in Ontario or it's the grapes. And I think it's now an interesting um, an interesting experiment to find out if it's the international grape varieties or if it's Ontario. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yes. Um, so, I guess that's that's it. We've just crapped on everything that's new and exciting coming out from Ontario. 
or we liked it. <laughs> you know what? Like I said, our, 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 we are open-minded. Our minds are willing to be changed. So uh, please send any off-dry reds and bourbon barrel wines to Michael to change his mind. Uh, send Gamay Pinot Noir blends to me. I'll be happy to taste them. And send Piquet to both of us because we both want to know what the hell it tastes like. And don't send us any pitmen. Well, yeah, you just got your kitchen redone. No, send send red pet nats to Michael. He wants to repaint his ceiling. Yeah, that's what I want. I got pure white ceiling with white cabinets. Don't think I'll need that. <laughs> uh, so I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. Uh, we haven't made this uh, plea in a while, but if you have a moment, please leave a review for us on iTunes. Uh, we love reading the reviews, especially if you hate us. There was a really great review left last year from someone who really didn't like what we uh, what we had to say, and it's uh, quite amusing. Um, and other ways you can support the podcast, patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. Um, now build in Canadian dollars, and I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, just check that out. We appreciate it. And Psalm Blinders, for when the pandemic is over and you can get, get, can get together with your friends, a card game around tasting wines blind. Use the yeah. promo code 2GTW at blindersgame.com. Are you, are you done all your announcements? I think so. Jeez, that's getting pretty long. we got to be making yeah. more money at this. All right. got to learn to condense that yes. somehow. Okay. okay. Michael, you're going to wrap up? or? Just... Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm Michael Pincus of michaelpincuswinereview.com. Uh, I am done for the day getting angry at things or not liking things, I'm going to go have something I do like. Find me on social media at The Grape Guy and sometimes Michael Pincus. And as always, let's all have a good night by washing our hands and staying apart. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This episode of Two Guys Talking Wine was produced by Jim Ray and Adam Duran.